Come and dream with me. Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch? The Explosion Works Premier Media Podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about movies, TV and online content and help you answer the question, what awards are Florence Pugh's Instagram stories uh, valid for? Because she should win all the awards. It's great. The shorties. Shorties? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe she, like, they've got, like, the digital section of the Emmys. Maybe she could fit under there. No? Yeah. Sure. Something. She needs something. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Yes. Number one Florence Prue fan this side of the Tasman Bridge. Might be true. (laughs) 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 Is it? Wait, is there a Tasman Bridge? Yeah. See, open a map. Okay, if you say so. Uh, On this episode, we'll be talking about what's in our watch history. We'll be going over a little bit of news. uh, And then we'll talk about the movie we ended up watching... Call me by your name. But before we get into anything, there's a bit of housekeeping we need to do. Um, last episode, of course, we talked about the Oscars. Uh, we were in a bit of a rush, a bit of a haze. We skipped over impo- very important things. We didn't talk about Eminem performing, which was weird. That he showed up for absolutely no apparent reason and just did lose himself. That was a thing. Uh, but more importantly, we didn't discuss the our Oscar predictions results. Um, if you remember... A few episodes back, we had Mr. Buddy Watson on to give our Oscar predictions. Um, And for the night, the results were me and Buddy tied for number one with 16 out of 24, which is mighty impressive in my opinion. Very close to being uh, correct completely. But I thought it was about to call yourselves gods. Jesus, I calm mean, down. I mean, if you want to think we're gods, I can't help you. That makes us pretty close to being gods among yeah. men. I mean, we're of a high level, clearly. Uh, of course, then, sitting in third place was Mr. Dylan Blight with nine correct decision uh, predictions. And then Mr. Nicholas Pryor with seven. <laughs> now, of course, more importantly, there is a punishment for, <laughs> for not winning. Uh, so if you go to ExplosionNetwork.com, you will see... An article up, hopefully by now, uh, with a poll uh, for what movie Dylan and Nick should watch as punishment for not being good at predictions. <laughs> that me, me and Buddy have put together, so check that out. Your wording's, te- <laughs> your wording's terrible on this. No. Their punishment... For not winning. Or not winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so go over to ExplosionNetwork.com. The article will be up there. You can see all our correct predictions and all Dylan and Nick's wrong predictions. And then pick one of these movies that you think they need to watch. Some good choices. Will this poll also be on Twitter? And yes, stuff, the poll will be on Twitter. It'll just be linked okay. to it in the article. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yes. All right. So, let's start talking about what's in our watch history. We both went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog, the uh, much-talked-about, much-criticized film prior to its release. Uh, it had a complete artistic overhaul uh which delayed it a fair bit dylan you wrote up a review for explosion.com i believe you gave it a six 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 think, yeah that sounds about right uh do you want to expand on uh sonic the hedgehog other than the six <laughs> um it's a it's a fun family movie like kids are gonna like it that's the target audience it's still I think it falls in the trap holes the second it tries to do action movie stuff. 
I think the action is actually the weakest part of the movie, which is weird considering it should probably be the best part, but it just seems like they're very unimaginative with the how to use Sonic. And they're just like, let's copy X-Men Quicksilver scenes and let's do them two or three times over. And you have to have those. The, the film's at its best when it's just a road movie and it's funny and you get to see the Sonic and uh, Tom. James Marsden's character. Whatever. He, oh, Tom. There you go. I don't even know the character's name, man. Um, those two chatting away. That's fun. And then uh, Jim Carrey is a laugh. He's great. But then once he gets involved in the action scenes, it's just like... I mean, I don't... I don't think it's a spoiler because, like, it's it's literally the start of the movie. Like, it's the end of the movie. And then they, like, do a whole, like, I should tell you how we got here. Like, they rewind time type thing. But, like, at the start of the movie, it starts in this action scene where they have Sonic being chased by Robotnik. And you're like, how's he chasing him? Because, like, obviously he's super fast. Like, this shouldn't be a, a thing. And, obviously, they rewind time. But when you get up to that point, you're like, why did they do this? Because it just makes... A, a scene where the character runs really fast not so exciting because now you've got two characters doing it and it's kind of just like returns it to normal speed somewhat I don't know it, it, the action I just thought the action was the weakest part but overall I, th- I think it's got some funny parts and it's, I think kids will like it so it's fine yeah I agree uh, it, it's it's a fine family film there's, a, there's some logic things that are like weird like why did he run around that baseball pit like baseball field constantly what why did you do that out of like all his, things? That was like his fit of anger. Yeah, but he yeah. could have like run all over the place. Why just run in the same square? It was weird. But yeah, and I'll say Baby Sonic, very cute. Very very adorable. Yeah. That that setup. Um But yeah, it, it it's a fine film. I think it's kind of forgettable. Like I don't really remember much about the film like two weeks almost later. Um de- Again, important note, there is an after-credit sequence, well, mid-credit sequence that uh, mm-hmm. implies that they're going to be working on more of these films. Uh, yeah. I want it. Yeah. Be keen. How, so that's, it's a one thing for the movie where it ends, I'm like, I don't care for a sequel. And then they do an after-credits thing, I'm like, I care for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. Yeah. It, it works, yeah. So if you don't want to see the film and you want to find out what that thing is, uh, go to ExposureNetwork.com. Nick, uh, Dylan wrote up a news post. Um, so Dylan, your favorite show on TV came back. Better Call Souls. Uh, well, two of your favorite shows came back <laughs> this, this week. Uh, Better Call Saul season five debuted. Is it good? Yes, it's always good. <laughs> it's always the best show on TV. Um, so as of recording, I've watched one of the two episodes that came out the first week, week it went back. So I may, I may talk about that, but, um, Obviously, this I'm gonna everything I'm gonna say is like impression. I'm not spoiling the first episode, but everything I say will be potentially a spoiler for past seasons. But that's how like that's how come this on. works. How much? How am I supposed to talk about this shit if I can't spoil previous stuff slightly? Um, so the last season ended with like basically Soul transitioning, well, uh, Jimmy transitioning into becoming Soul Goodman, which is the character everyone knows from. Uh, Breaking Bad and they don't the first episode they don't really beat around the bush with that like straight away he's in the um, like getting his name changed and he's like straight aboard like trying to set up the whole Soul Goodman thing which that's the only like thing I'll give away for the episode but it has me really intrigued for the rest of the season because they've announced that next season is going to be the last so they're doing this one they're they're doing six total which is um, interesting because Breaking Bad technically was 
I don't know, five or six. They did like five part one and then five part two. So it's like it wasn't six seasons, but they split it the second, the fifth one. So I don't know. It's, it'll be more episodes though, I'm pretty sure, than Breaking Bad. So this show is going to be longer than the series it's a spinoff of, I think. so. Um, and also, given the way that his uh, Jimmy slash Soul is headed in this season, I'm wondering, at based solely off the first episode, I'm wondering what, what more there is to it really because obviously we've got to see him build up a little bit more to the point he gets to in Breaking Bad but like, I'm like we're, we're pretty fucking close like how do we how do we get like another basically two seasons out of this I mean I'm still highlighting trade because I, I completely trust the show's creators uh, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan so and also I've got the podcast to listen to and I'll answer all my questions that's my my, my best thing about the when Bear Call Souls on is they do a podcast breakdown of every episode so and I'll answer all my worrying questions. But no, it's really, really good. If you're not watching it, you're missing out. Um, and if you didn't like Breaking Bad, I would still say try and go back to the first season of this. You don't need to watch Breaking Bad to watch this at all. It's perfectly fine. Cool. Uh, so I checked out the new Amazon series, Hunters. Um, it's starring Al Pacino and Logan Lerman uh, and Jeff Radnor. Um it follows a group of uh, Jewish people who are hunting Nazis, like who have been like immigrated. Oh, this is out. I yeah, this, this is out thing. already. They've immigrated to America and like are working, maybe potentially working like a uh, scheming to like make a fourth Reich and like come back again. Um, as you do, as 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 you expect Nazis to do. Um, it's not like it. It's an interesting series. <laughs> Like they they go have very heavy hand hand with like the Jewish stuff. There's like a lot of Jewish references and that kind of thing, which I think is kind of to be expected. But like like inside jokes, like they make innuendos and stuff involving Mazeltov and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's enjoyable. Al Pacino is very good. Uh, he plays like a Jewish the Jewish billionaire who's funding everything pretty much. Um, and Logan Lerman's like the new kid who gets embroiled in it after his grandma dies, is murdered by like one of the Nazis she was investigating. Um, it, it there has been a little bit of controversy around the series because they uh, do uh, make some they they're not it's not accurate obviously. <laughs> like it doesn't sound it, like it is it's very accurate. it is kind of very fictionalized. Um, the thing I think the Auschwitz Memorial. Um, Twitter account like tweeted about the show saying it was very it was kind of offensive because they've got this sequence where a bunch of uh, Jewish uh, prisoners are forced to kill each other in a game of chess like they've marked out in a like field a chessboard like they've mowed it to look like a chessboard and then all the pieces are like Jewish prisoners so people are complaining that's unrealistic I mean that sounds obviously no like a kind of offensive and that kind of you know like insensitive is i think again like i said this is the oswich memorial Mm. a twitter account like the people Mm. who are most uh, touched by it but i think the showrunner has come out and said some nice things like uh that it's he didn't want to do anything that was too realistic like actually happened because he didn't think he could that'd do be it more just- offensive he couldn't like he didn't believe he could do a justice and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then all the tattoos on all the a lot of the jewish people have tattoos from like when they're in encampments and that kind of thing none of the numbers are their numbers none of stuff. the numbers all the numbers are higher than what was actually what- 
Okay. Yeah, so nobody has the same number as someone who was in. So, yeah, uh, yeah but there's um, twists and I'll just, turns. I'll just flick through the cast. Ted, Ted Mosby's been... Ted yep. Mosby's in Ted it. Ted Mosby's in it. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird yeah, seeing I was about him. Say, I haven't seen him in anything, so surely it's weird. What's it he? is a little bit weird seeing him not play Ted, but uh, yeah, he's fine. He's enjoyable. He's a, uh, he plays like a Jewish actor who's like a recovering cocaine addict and uh, used to be a big thing. Jeez, that's far from how I met your mother, yeah, isn't pretty, it? Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty far. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fun. There's some twists and turns. There's like action sequence. A couple of... It gets a bit over the top and gory at certain points and like there's some weird torture scenes uh, throughout the series, but I had a good time. It, it's not like must-see, but I think it's like a fun thing to watch. Like, Did you watch it all? Yeah, I watched... There's ten, only 10 okay. episodes. Uh, yeah, I just admittedly, the first oh, episode is like an hour and a half, but uh, other than that, they're all about an hour long. So, yeah, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half, something like that. Yeah, so it was a good time. Uh, Dylan, why don't you talk about the return of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, season seven, episode one, the Bad Bunch? Yes, the cl- Clone Wars is back. I reviewed the first episode. I gave it an eight. Go read my review on ExplosionNetwork.com. The the thing that's interesting about the Clone Wars being back and discussing Clone Wars being back is that it, the first storyline the and the, the first episode that we're doing here, like the, the Bad Batch is part one of, uh, I think it's going to be three or four episodes, I can't remember, like of this first storyline. Uh, th- we've seen it. I mean, not everyone's seen it, but like I've seen it, a bunch of people have seen it because it's it was one of the episodes that they had nearly finished when the show was originally shut down and they released all of these online and they showed them at Star Wars Celebration and whatever else. Like uh, the animation wasn't finished, but like they had the character models in there and they kind of float across screen. Like it was, it was obviously very unfinished, but they were like, fuck it, like. We got we got told was allowed to show it and release them so whatever they had the they had the voice acting done and whatever else the, the animation just wasn't done so um so it's it's weird because it's like oh the show's back after ten years fuck yes can't wait to sit down and watch new Clone Wars but at the same time it's old Clone Wars but new Clone Wars I don't know it's it's kind of weird but um they've changed a lot of stuff it definitely looks a lot better I think that's the the thing that stands out watching the episode is it it feels homey like i i sat down i click play the intro screen comes in with the clone wars theme song uh the i don't know what they call it um what the fuck what are those things you get uh fortune cookies yeah i think that's what they call them it comes up with like the fortune cookie of the episode because each episode opens with like a you know be unto your friend and this um that all comes up like fuck it's weird like it's it's been so long but here we are more clone wars this is great and I start watching an episode and I'm like, yeah, I remember this. Like, I, I remember slight details of this when I watched it like years and years and years ago. But then also, it looks like Clone Wars, but it looks better than Clone Wars. Like, that's th- that's the thing. Like, it has been like 10 years and animation techniques and whatever else has got better. And I think it's very evident in this episode because although the animation style obviously isn't changed because it's still the Clone Wars, so it looks exactly like you remember it. There's just a lot of techniques that are not what they used to do in the Clone Wars, really. Although it's it, they used to explore somewhat on Rebels. Um, and one particular example is they have a really great action sequence that is all this one tracking shot. And it's really quite epic, more so than what I'm used to on Clone Wars. Not the way they usually, quote-unquote, shoot 
um, action scenes in Clone Wars because it's like these these clone troopers storm into this building and the the camera just tracks behind them the entire time like one shot like the bang bang the dodge roll go in like throw a grenade open door bang 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 and there's no music playing it's like very quite tense and epic and I'm like well this is this is different than how I'm used to seeing Clone Wars shot but it looks really good and then also um, another thing that stands out is although all the as I'm saying like it looks like Clone Wars it's the it's the smaller details that stand out like the the scuff marks on like clones armor and these sorts of things like are way more detailed than what it used to be like slight scratch marks and you know it's it's just little stuff that kind of stands out if you if you know the show you're like this is more than we used to get but it still looks the same uh the, the storyline for the first episode is good though it basically follows these uh clone troopers uh, called the Bad Batch, which uh, they're like experimented on. Kind of, they're like the witches. I don't, <laughs> I don't know of the the Clone Wars somewhat. I guess like they've they've all got, kind of been experimented on. They've got different powers, and they don't look like normal clones at all. Like one of them literally just looks like John Rambo. Another one like has a tattoo on his face, and he's like the sniper character. Like they're, they're kind of all stereotypes of eighties movie stuff, and they're this 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 batch that goes around and does whatever they watch. The Bad Batch is what they call them. Like it's literally one of them has like Rambo hair, like headband on. He's like the leader. It's it's, it's quite funny. Um, but they're going in and like undercover, like behind enemy lines to like do this thing in this this episode with uh, Rex and Cody, two of the main clones. Of course, uh, Rex ends up carrying over to Rebels. Spoilers, uh, he survives. Order sixty six. Um, but no, it, it's really good. Yeah, he does because I know uh, he's in Rebels. Like he, his character I is mean, in Rebels. They're clones. <laughs> <laughs> no it's the same one <laughs> um so it, it the thing that stands out the most with it being back is simply that i'm like i get to watch clone wars every week this is exciting like that's enough for me that's that's really cool and um i'm not disappointed that they've chosen to set this season up with this bad batch storyline first because it's like well if they wanted to put it anywhere I would much rather than put it at the start than obviously at the end. You know, like, let's get the stuff that I've seen before out of the way and then we can get to the Ahsoka stuff and whatever else that's actually going to be new stuff that we never got to see properly that they never got to start on. And that's going to be really exciting. But, yeah, I think it's going to be like 12 episodes. I can't remember now. I think it's like 12 episodes or something. It is kind of short, but, I mean... It's it's still like another couple months of Clone Wars. It's week by week. Uh, it's kind of crazy though because you get so used to Netflix that the idea of like a half hour animated series dropping week by week is like, why wouldn't they just drop it all at once? But I, 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 I'm happy with it because it means that each week I can have Star Wars to look forward to. I, I'm in no rush. Okay. You know? I'm in no rush to get through it. I'm fine. Uh, but yeah, it is funny, like half an hour Star Wars each week. But also it would feel weird if they dropped it all at once because it would be like, well, when it was on Cartoon Network, it dropped week by week. It would be like it's releasing how it was, like it's it's keeping to its roots kind of thing. So I, I enjoy that. No, it's good. Great. Happy the wait has been worth it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's 12 episodes. I just checked IMDb. So I finished May 8th. May 8th. Yeah, the week of May the 4th. May well may the fourth be with him. Yeah, got him, got him. Uh, so I checked out the new series that has come to Stan, uh, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. 
so it stars Jane Levy as a coder called Zoe, who after going for an MRI exam, uh, an earthquake hits, and suddenly she's infused with the ability to hear people's most innermost thoughts through the form of song. Uh, like, so, yes. <laughs> so for example, she's, uh, she's going for a job, like a promotion against another guy and like, he's being a bit two-faced and saying, oh, I hope, I hope you get it. But then all of a sudden he breaks into all I do is win by J- DJ Khaled, you know, it's like, all I do is win, win, win. win and win, then, win. you know, spoilers for the first episode, but at the end of the episode, her best friend who she's like real close with, uh, starts singing, I think I love you by the Partridge family. So, you know, that, oh, those, kind of, shit. those kind of things happen. So there's some big music, kind of musical numbers. Uh, it's a fun series. It's like a really kind of sweet, fun. Uh, it kind of feels, I'd never watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but I heard that was a very good show. I think it's very much like that, except it's songs that people know. So that would, I guess, is easier to get into. Whereas I believe that was all original songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which was a, like a cult show on like CW. That had a musical? What? I didn't know that show was a musical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Whoa. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, Mary Steenberg and Peter Gallagher play her parents. Um, but Peter Gallagher's character uh, has like a autoimmune issue. What was it? Deficiency? Yeah, he's got a progressive supranuclear palsy, which uh, causes him to lose his muscular faculties. So uh, he's pretty much like can't move or talk much or anything. So, of course, there's a big moment in the pilot where uh, he's able to sing to her a song because of her powers. So, you know, uh, that feels like it would have been more emotional if they did it. Not in the first episode. Well, it'd have to be in the first episode. Otherwise, you'd the powers have to work all the time, kind of. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, one annoying thing about it is <laughs> that Zoe knows nothing about music. So, <laughs> it's kind of infuriating. Uh, like, she doesn't know who any of the songs are by or what any of the songs are or anything. Uh, which is, uh, is funny because her brew neighbor, uh, Mo, who was like a gender-fluid person... As like a DJ and a big music person, so like <laughs> they always have these conversations about being frustrated that she doesn't know any music whatsoever. And he's having these beautiful concerts and performances sung to her, and she doesn't appreciate any of it. But so, yeah, it's a it's a fun TV show. It's like three episodes in at the moment. Um, I imagine it'll probably be like ten episodes, assuming it assuming it does well over in America. That a it's weird. It's twelve. Twelve, yeah. Uh, it, they did a weird thing where they. Sh- aired the pilot on January 7th and then they didn't air the second episode until February 16th. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. So, uh, but yeah, I like it. I'll, I'll be sticking it out, I think, for the rest of the season. So, keep up with that. I might check this one out. This sounds like something that I would potentially like. Yeah. Uh, then, I also checked out the movie Plus One uh, starring uh, Jack Wade and Maya Erskine. Uh, it's about two best friends who... <laughs> Two single best friends who team up together to, like, go to a bunch of weddings together. Because, you know, going to a wedding by yourself is kind of sad. Oh, is this Wedding Crashes? No, it's not. (laughs) Oh. No. Um, Well, it's got, like, elements, you know? Like, she's trying to help him hook up with people, like, at the start. And then, you know, feelings develop. Things happen. 
Uh, it's a really sweet rom-com. Uh, the two leads have ex- really good chemistry, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was just like a really easy watch. So, uh, plus one, check that one out. I- I'd seen the trailer a while ago, and I was thought it looked pretty good. So, finally available for rental, like, recently. So, yeah. All right, let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. I watched To All The Boys. P.S. I still love you. The sequel to All The Boys I Loved. I think that was the title of that one. Uh, starring Lana Condor and keep forgetting what his name is. That guy. That guy. Uh, Noah Centino? I really should learn how to pronounce his name at this point. Uh, he's pretty much in everything now. Um, I did not like it as much as I liked the original. Uh, I, it just, maybe it's just the, the originality was missing a little bit. Uh, a bit of the initial, change of director. Yeah. Change of director, I'm sure didn't help. I don't think it looks as good as the first one, which is weird because the director is the DP from the first movie. Um, but yeah, uh, they introduced John Ambrose, uh, John Ambrose something. Uh, played by Jordan Fisher. It's odd because I went and watched the first one back afterwards. They recast the actor who they put at the end of the film. End of the thing? Yeah. Okay. Yes. But they also changed the race of the character, which makes it extra awkward. What? Yeah. So at the was end. He in the f- Black? No, he wasn't. He was supposed to be black. He was supposed. No. He just wasn't. No, I thought one of them was. Or was that a different character for her? It might be a different character. So. Was he. What was he then? He was just a white guy. So, but in the new one, he's oh. a black guy. Oh man, I can't keep up. Yeah, I know. Um, which I, I'd be interested to see if the discussion was had to because it is a Netflix film. Hey, let's go back and reshoot. Like the only thing you would need to change from the first film is cut that end sequence thing that happens because it makes no sense now. Um, because at the end of the first film, he shows up at the door with the letter. At the end of, like, after the, the initial credits. It's like a mid-credits thing. Cut that! And then there is one shot of him as a kid when she's explaining who all the letters were sent to. Mm-hmm. And just, because they've cast a kid in this film to play a young version, just reshoot that with the kid and put it in. Well, this brings <laughs> up another interesting question, which is that, why wouldn't they do it? Because Netflix is in... Like they can, like they could just, they can just. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> like, is this movie on, is to all the boys even on Blu-ray? Like, I don't, I, I don't think it is. I've never seen it on Blu-ray. No. I don't think it is. It's like, cause Netflix only puts out certain things on Blu-ray, like mostly TV shows every now and then, but. Yeah. And mostly like, stuff I don't think not it like isn't. produced by Netflix. Yeah. I mean, like House of Cards is out and whatever else, like some key things, I guess you can find on Blu-ray, but I don't think I've seen Two Older Boys on Blu-ray, so the only place it is is on Netflix. They could have just they could reshot scenes. Yeah. And just change the upload of the thing, whether it's just like they just didn't want to or... <laughs> but I mean, it would be better because it would be more streamlined, I guess. Uh, but it's a fine film. Everybody's still charming, still adorable. No, but I feel like they just argue too much in this film. Like in, in the first one, there was like that element of first love and that kind of stuff. 
That's, that's relationships, Ash. Once you get into one, it's just all argument. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I think they're doing another one. I think they're pretty much shot. The they're doing third a one. third one. They're yeah. pretty much shooting it. They all have shot it. Um, so I guess they also it introduced a love interest for the dad, which was like a very much a throwaway to the side thing as well. I don't know. I I just didn't like it as much as the first one, but. Some other people might. Uh, Dylan, I saw that you've watched uh, season four of Hip Hop Evolution. What do they talk about in season four of Hip Hop Evolution? Um, they mostly cover the South in hip hop rise up towards like early 2000s-ish, which is like kind of like Kanye coming in. I think, like, around then. So, I think it goes up to, like, probably around, like, early, yeah, to early 2000s when Kanye's coming in. But it kind of covers a lot of South stuff, including, like, T.I. and these sorts of artists. Because previous seasons have covered a lot of the West Coast, East Coast stuff. So, that's, like, your Tupac, your Biggie, all that sort of stuff. Snoop Dogg. All that stuff. Uh, N.W.A. Ice Cube shit. Um, Eminem. They did last season, I think. And then, yeah, this season they cover a lot of the South and then they catch it up and they're like, hey, Pharrell Williams wins. Like, I found out some interesting things. Like, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but, like, there was this one superstar producer who didn't just do hip-hop. Like, he did all sorts of genres. And he, like, moves to, like, wherever it was. I can't remember now um, where Pharrell was. And, like, he holds a competition to, like, help someone become, like, a producer or whatever next. And, like, the, the, it was, like, Pharrell... Um, and uh, the other dude who's part of the... Fuck, I can't remember his name. Because when Pharrell started, he was just like a superstar producer. And that's how he started. He won a competition. I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's something I didn't know. Because I feel like most of the time I watch this show, a lot of it stuff I already know of or like know the basics of. So every time... Because <laughs> I used to watch like a <laughs> like a lot of hip-hop documentaries when I was a fucking cool teenager in high school. So every now and then, whenever this show like teaches me something new, I'm like, that's cool. But the reason I keep watching every time it drops is because it's only like four episodes and they're well produced. The host is cool. Like he's just like, it seems like a chill dude. And I like how they're just going around America slowly, basically covering the, the beginnings to the thing. And because this one ends with, um, oh, it gets up, it, like it covers Lil Wayne and shit as well. Like he's big uh, coming into stardom. That's a, that's around like 2005, I think, which also spurred me to start listening to a, a shit ton of Lil, Lil Wayne in like the last week for whatever reason. But that's fine. Um, so we're up to like 2005 now. So I feel like they've only got like potentially like a couple more seasons left if they want to go up to current day. I don't know. Like, And also I'm like, can you do more? Like, can you, can you talk about current day? Because it's not really historical then. It's like you're talking about current affairs. Like, I, I don't know. Do I, do I want to keep watching it if they're talking about mumble rappers? Do I just turn off at that point? I don't know. Maybe. But either Maybe. way, if you, if you like if you like hip-hop music, I feel like this documentary is just a must-watch because it's it's just cool. gives you a lot of history. Every, every like couple months, they're like, here's four, four more episodes. I'm like, great. Let's go. Also, in the, oh, that was another thing. The recent season, they cover uh, Lil Jon. It was fucking hilarious because they're like the, the dudes uh, interviewing Lil Jon. And he's talking about how he got like super popular, and of course, like, uh, like his number one hit was uh, "Get Low" back in the day. That's the one that like chart topper that took off everywhere. And he's like, "Fucking white people love that song. They don't even know what it means." Like, 
Because <laughs> he's talking about, like, in the song where they go, skeet, skeet, skeet. And he's like, white people saying that shit, fucking girls singing that shit. It means I come on your face. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no one knows what it means. And then <laughs> he's like, and then it also talks about Chappelle. He's like, Dave Chappelle did a skit on me. He's like, shit. He's like, you tell he's not even mad. He's like, damn, for the rest of my life, I'll just have people come up to me going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got some funny interviews in it it's funny yeah Great. it's good it's another good season another good four episodes cool uh so i watched the new show coming to netflix i am not okay with this uh from the creator of the end of the fucking world uh adapted from another charles forceman graphic novel uh i didn't like it i didn't i didn't like i only got like an episode or two into the end of the fucking world. Um, I did watch all seven episodes of this season. It starts off very slow. Like it's doing a lot of world building, which is fine. If the entire video of season wasn't seven episodes with a total runtime of 156 minutes, including credits. If you're going to have that little time, like maybe speed things up a little bit. Uh, Why is it a movie? Don't know. No, I don't think it would have worked as a movie because they've like each episode is, is broken up as the zones kind of separate okay. thing. Um, pretty much it follows this girl, Sydney, who is like a kind of a was a loner in this her city, uh, but she's got this best friend, Dina, now who she's like really close with. Uh, she's currently she kind of narrates the story through like as if she's writing to a diary, uh, which she uses like a coping thing after her uh, father committed suicide. Uh, she's living with her mother who she's kind of upset with and then like they bicker a lot and like have issues and that kind of thing her brother is kind of like who's like one of those kids who's like kind of acts more mature than he actually is you know they like seem like uh chloe marissa's character in um 500 days of summer like that kind of kid mm. uh and then of course her friend dina starts dating the jock guy slash douchebag you know that you've seen in every teen comedy never do that a teen john hughes movie which is a very big inspiration for the series it definitely feels like kind of, one specifically is listed as being inspired by the breakfast club which it is a little bit uh then she starts hanging out with her neighbor or guy who lives near her called sydney barber and they like start bonding uh and then she starts thinking she's got telekinetic telekinetic powers uh yeah but a, a lot of the, I feel like one of the issue, main issues over the series is all the tension is taken out of the series because uh, it pretty much kicks off with her running down the street covered in blood, like in a really nice dress. So, I mean, if you've seen any kind of... Carrie. Yes. If you've seen anything like this, you know where it's kind of the series is leading to. Uh, and it doesn't kind of divert from that path at all. The school dance. Hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> uh yeah and then you know when things start to get interesting the season ends uh i think i said in my review uh i know that the saying is to leave them wanting more but generally you're given something first uh this season feels more like an entree rather than a full meal uh so yeah. what'd you give it maybe uh, inside did you 5.5 probably so that's the lowest i think you've I given think so yeah it, it's just it's yeah. it there's nothing terrible about it it's just very unoriginal and kind of very straightforward i mean the cast is solid uh i like stanley barber i like the mum. there's a nice one of the best scenes is her and sydney having an argument like in her bedroom 
uh, where she's like lays everything kind of out. But I feel like they don't touch on the mystery of her powers or anything enough to justify this season. It definitely feels like it's setting up for a season two, but the whole season there's there's not enough in this season for me to justify people watching it. You know, mm. it's like did you. Did you say you'd seen to uh, watched, the end of the fucking? I'd world? seen like a couple episodes, and you did or did not? I like did it? not like it. Well, I dropped off clearly mm. after I watched two episodes. See, it's got me wondering because it could just be a. I like thing. that. Yeah, it could be a tonal thing, which is fine. Like if if it, you're the reviewer, so it's like if it doesn't work for you, yeah. it's a, like in case you don't know how reviews work, it's a personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's got me wondering because I liked the first season and i like i still really want to go watch the second season of that because i enjoyed the first season so i'm like maybe i'll like i don't know I like mean, maybe it is a tonal thing like i said it's only 156 minutes long so it's not like a massive yeah, time investment true. but because the end of the fucking world is like ultra dark comedy yeah i wouldn't you say this I mean? is ultra dark <laughs> no but like is it it sounds like it's similar like apparently it's set in the same timeline According what? to the press, but it's like set in Pittsburgh, so it's not going to be affected at all. Like, but the, the, I think the same think universe. It's the same universe. Apparently, the sh- characters show up on like a newspaper, like Runaways what? or whatever. Yeah, man, I got to watch it now. I got <laughs> a connected universe to keep up with. Another one. <laughs> Another one. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's everything that's been on Watch History. Let's going to move into a little bit of news. I guess the big news the last few weeks uh, since we last recorded. Uh, we got our first look at Matt Reeves slash Robert Pattinson's Batman. Uh, he Matt Reeves released on his uh, Vimeo a small screen test of Robert Pattinson in the bat suit. Uh, it is very red. Can I, I want to just just I want to say first because I saw people in the replies being like, "Why is this on Vimeo? Why do I have to go to this other random website to watch?" In case anyone doesn't know, YouTube takes your file. Puts it for a recycling bin, chucks it outside, plays football with it, scores five goals, and then they squish it into a cheese sandwich, and then they upload it to the servers. They pre- they they chew the shit out of it. So the reason he uploaded Vimeo is because Vimeo doesn't destroy quality as much. Um, but also, this video was whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I feel like I, I it's hard because my reaction I'm like. Yeah, the suit looks fine. Cool. Like, but, but I'm also, I honestly feel like no matter what I saw, that would have been my reaction. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't think I fall into the crowd as much as I would consider myself a Batman fan, right? Mm. I have read, I feel like enough Batman <laughs> comics to call myself a Batman fan, right? But also, I feel like no matter what the suit looked like, my reaction was just going to be, Okay, I'll wait for the movie or the trailer or something. Like, no matter, it, I, I cannot picture a suit where I start going, well, this is bullshit. Or, like, this is amazing. Like, I don't care. Really? I honestly been, do not care. There's not a suit that you wouldn't have been like, that's bullshit. No, they bring I back the don't bat care. nibbles. I, yeah, I'd be like, whatever. Fucking don't care. I honestly feel like, I, I think I'm just jaded because it, it's not like the first time we're seeing Batman. We have a million Batman movies. And whatever else, TV shows and fucking things, that seeing a Batman test screen footage is just 
All right. Like, it's not exciting. It's not like it's the first time seeing a superhero that we haven't seen in live action before. You know, if they put out, t- if they make a Batgirl movie and they put out test screen footage and it's it and it's uh, Batgirl Burnside, right, as a costume that's revealed, that's literally the only example I could think of where I click play on a video and I lose my shit. I cannot think of any other superhero comic book thing that would make me ex- like lose my mind over a, a costume. Full stop. Just Batgirl. That's it. No. That's all I care for. Okay. It's fucking Batman suit. Oh, it's black. It's the fucking... Oh, everyone's losing it. Are we going to talk about this gun thing? Sure. Was- the rumor is the gun... The, the, his, the, ch- the symbol, bat symbol on his chest kind yeah. of looks like it's the gun that could have killed his parents. Is a theory running around. Yeah. Well, it's not... Well, it's in the comics. The fan theory. It was in the Kevin's... Yeah, so it's it's been done in the comics before. It was, it was done in the Kevin Smith story. Yeah, well, um, I believe that he melted the gun down to be like a metal yes. breastplate or whatever. Yes. Uh, it doesn't look anything like it does in this. It just, like, melts it down. Whereas in this one, it looks like he sliced the gun in half and made a bat symbol out of it. <laughs> yes. I want to get my opinion out here right now on audio so everyone knows. If it turns out it's the gun, I think that's stupid. I don't like it. Honestly, I don't care. Why would you do that? Like that's like, I don't want. I don't want that. I don't, I think that's stupid. I think it's a stupid theory. And on top of thinking it's a stupid theory, I think everyone that was going mad for forty eight hours, tweeting about how it is confirmed, was pissing me off something shocking. Because I'm like, because people are just tweeting it. I saw literally probably fifty fucking people tweet out the same thing. Um, I'll. I'll begging for likes is how i'll describe it. you know it's people like tweeting the same thing hoping to get popular off their tweet but it's all saying the same shit it's all like oh fucking look how cool this is like it's it's the guns no that's a theory but you're tweeting it like it's a fucking fact can we put like stop it's it's really annoying me at this stage that we're all just tweeting theories as if they're facts and also you're all tweeting tweeting the same shit like you thought it up like you're all like i had this great theory i'm like no, there's a hundred of yous acting like you're the only person that's had the same fucking theory, apparently. It's based on the comic book. Uh, so that annoyed me. And also, I think the design is stupid. Uh, but also, my thought when I saw the suit, and this is what the other thing, like I watched the video, I'm like, oh, cool. So there's like batarangs there. And then I'll get off Twitter and everyone's like, oh man, it's like the guns. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> my first thought was it's just batarangs like because it like it has uh two circles or whatever in the middle so when i my first thought when i saw the picture was he pulls them out and there were like pressure points where you press it and like the rest of the batarang would fold out kind of thing yeah maybe. that was my first thought and everyone's like oh it's the guns get the fuck out of here i don't want to see his parents get killed again Over i it. don't i had to see him joke yeah, it get the I fuck would, out of here i would be shocked if they shoot that again He's had to get me to uh, hate this intended. movie. Another, another 10 minute fucking sequence of his parents dying in slow motion. Oh, the pearls go up at the air. Fuck off. I'm over it. I, mean, I don't care anymore. Can skip. Like, maybe they'll have like a flashback, like small thing. But I don't care. That, it's, 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 it's like, the you want, defining you moment of his life. No, I don't. I give zero fucks. Here's, you want a good example? Wow. Spider-Man, current Spider-Man. We've got two movies of him. We've had him appear in like 16 Marvel movies. I don't know how many. Yeah. Several Marvel movies. 
how many times have had have I had to watch un- uh, Uncle whatever Uncle die? Uncle Ben die zero. Uncle Ben die zero. Th- thank you, thank you, thank you. Exactly. You know why? Because I fucking because don't we care got to anymore. Watch Tony Stark die instead. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. All right. It's fine. Kill someone else that's important. Batman's <laughs> life. Kill kill Robin. Right. Let's introduce a Robin in the first one, and then have Joker beat him to death with a baseball bat. Jason Todd, piss off. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. I mean, it's more, it's more exciting than seeing those pearls go up in there in slow motion again. Uh, Fuck out of here. How'd you feel about the Giacuno score that was also part of it? It that very much that best reminded of me of like the Darth Vader music. Like the Imperial March. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I've seen people in the, That's the thing. That's the only thing I tweeted out. Whatever. I can't remember my tweet, but I was like, video was fine. Giacuno score was great. I love his, I love his music in general. Um, I'm a big fan of the Rogue One score, even though everyone says it doesn't sound anything like Star Wars, which I think I kind of like, because there's that particular piece at the end of Rogue One where they're like climbing the, um, you know, they're trying to get to the top of the building. It's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like this tension building thing. I love that piece. It's like probably yeah. it's, I like that more than stuff from Rise of Skywalker's soundtrack. So get the hell out of here. Um, well, I mean. My thoughts on that movie <laughs> kind of biased at this stage, maybe. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really like the music. I saw people in the comments being like, this doesn't sound like Batman. I'm like, what the fuck does Batman sound like? It's a fucking comic book. Like, wh- what are you basing the sound on for Batman? You know, like, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound like Batman. It doesn't sound like the, what, Christopher Nolan, Hans Zimmer score. It doesn't sound like the fucking 1960s Batman score. It definitely don't sound like that shit. And that was before Hans Zimmer. So, so what's OG Batman music? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, it doesn't matter. Batman's a free reign. There's, there's no, like, particular music thing that Batman sounds like to me. It's based on a comic book that was when it was brought to life for the first time, was fucking 60s Batman going... Batman! And people like, it doesn't sound like Batman. I'm like, what are you on about? Get out of here, you fucking idiot. Then we also got some, like, leak stolen, I don't know set footage of like a stuntman in the batman suit uh which gave us like a yeah, everyone thought it was a, patterson yeah it wasn't uh <laughs> gives us a bit of a more interesting i guess look at the suit uh and i guess the the running theory is that the the, the movie is going to be heavily based on uh scott snyder's run on uh year zero yes uh, yes which is that suit very much looks like year zero which um in case you if you've heard me talk about Batman on anything before, um, you should, well, I mean, probably not in this show, but Scott Snyder is my favorite Batman writer. And I've, he, he's the only Batman writer that I've read every, <laughs> oh, yeah. give me all your Batman shit. Like that's, that's the shit. So as soon as I see a suit, I'm like, yes, that does look like year zero stuff. Um, in case you don't know, like, um, that's, how do I talk about it without like potentially story? Like it, it basically, Gotham gets overtaken by the Riddler, some of the villains and it, it, it gets it's locked in. And it, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of like Batman's just living on a lockdown Gotham, but not like um, no man's land Bane lockdown, which is what they used for inspiration for dark Knight rises. Yeah. It's different. It's like it, it gets the, the, in the comic book, the city starts getting overgrown with like a lot of green and stuff, which made it stand out differently. Cause it mean like Batman could sneak around in like, this grass and stuff, and he was doing like a lot of like sort of. He was like slingshotting. He was in the day. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it wasn't like all at night and like 
dark and grimy and whatever else. But yeah, the suit definitely looked like that. Um, but also, <laughs> this is this is the thing. This is the thing between the original release of the suit and everyone complaining about that, and then people, the amount of people I saw retweet these quote pictures and being like, "Well, this looks like shit," and Patterson doesn't even look right. And I'm like, "Hey." If you think this is Patterson, you need to put your glasses on or <laughs> or go get your fucking eyes test because it's 100% not Patterson at all. It's a fucking stuntman no. because he's doing a bike riding stunt yeah. or drive or yeah, whatever. So if here, you watch right? the video version, he rides down the path or whatever and then does a slide. Yeah. So, so it's a stuntman. It's a stunt guy. And then people are like, well, the suit, the suit doesn't look great. And I, the suit. Is going the suit is going to resemble what the one that Patterson has on. However, because it's a stunt suit, most of the time they are made looser fitting, more padded, not <laughs> not as high quality, more padded. You can very much tell it doesn't fit him properly over the face. Like it is not a very good example of what the proper suit will look like when it's on Patterson, the one you'll see in the movie. And that's why movie studios don't like leaks like this because it means that people online are complaining about something to which they're like, well, it's not a representation of the proper suit because it's going to be one that this dude's wearing, the stuntman's using for like wide shots and whatever else that it's not going to be close to detail and we don't have to worry about it. It has to be padded up, whatever else. To which anyone who understands fucking movies, you know, can look at that picture and understand. Like, it's a stuntman suit. However, to, to most people on the internet who I see retweeting this, are like, well, this looks like crap or blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. like this, is a, this is a good example of why leaks are actually bad press. Yes. Yeah. It definitely looks like it's, like, second unit working or something. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, in my opinion, it looks good. I'm keen to for it. Obviously, I'm super hyped for the film just because of all the creative people involved. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's good to see it's being filmed uh, and will surely hit its release date of June 2021. I know we could get earlier. Like, they're filming it now. I was thinking about this other day, right? They're filming it now. It's February. We're about to enter March, whatever. But they're filming it now. Let's say it takes like nine months tops of like post and that's like fucking star wars level post which i don't think this would require i i think it could potentially come out early next year like in a suicide squaddy slot and so so like w- why not like what is this what we don't really have a summer blockbuster time anymore well it, in- i think movies have proven that they you don't need to release a movie at that time slot to have it be successful you know so i i'm just saying like it could come out what you're I, saying like june i don't think but- it will they moved I've... Wonder Woman. It was meant to come out late last year and they moved it to like June, April this year. Yeah. Even though but it was could... pretty much ready to go just for marketing yeah. that time period, the summer American summer period. Yeah. I don't know. It depends what else they have coming out next year as well. You know, it depends where this falls on there. Yeah. So I'm just saying like if, if it gets announced for February, don't be like, wow, this is crazy. I'll be like, you know what? It could work. Yeah. Especially if nothing else else nothing else is coming out in February. Like if they just own if Batman owns February. I mean it's fine. I like the idea of it coming out sooner, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think they'll probably have like they've probably got more marketing stuff prepped for that period, so what else is coming out? I don't know. <laughs> I it, it's not about what else is coming out. I'm sure there's other post production and other things. 
it's also them doing press at the same time and getting those schedules set. It's not just, hey, let's chuck the movie out. Yeah. Do press. It's fine. Yeah, but they might all be shooting movies in February. Man, Robert Patterson ain't... Fi- like, he, he'll do press and he'll film fucking Lighthouse 2 on the side in a cubby house. It's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to be doing Lighthouse 2. Spoilers. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, so we got a new trailer for season three of Westworld... The series shows on HBO, shown on Foxtel in Australia. Uh, Dylan, you host a Westworld podcast. What do you think of... Yes, look look forward to hearing me and Nick's thoughts on Westworld when Bevanworld returns in just a couple of weeks and we will break down each and every episode for you. But until then, um, so Westworld Season 3, um, it's, it basically looks like a brand new show, which is great because as much as I enjoyed several parts of Season 2, it was very much like... A lot of people have complaints with it, and ju- some some of which are ju- justified. Uh, can't talk about this trailer, of course, without spoilers for season two. So I don't know. Flick ahead a couple minutes now if you care. You should have watched the show. It's, by it's now. all going to be gibberish uh, anyway, so we could pick them. Yes, soon. I mean, but I mean, the big thing, the big change between, and it, it, I can't help but think about like the amount of money because 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 for most TV shows they they put money and they make a set. You know, and like, of course they reuse the set season after season after season. Like the the original investment in like set pieces and whatever else is like good. You know, they get like ten seasons out of it. Off we go. So, but at the end of Westworld season two, um, the main character Dolores and some other people, uh, they escape the park. So season three is actually going to be set in the the real world, and they've had to create a whole like futuristic looking city, and that's where the season's going to take place. And we're going to get introduced to a brand new character out here, played by Aaron Paul, who's, until proven otherwise, is human. But, I mean, he could be could be a robot. I fucking don't know. This is a show where every you have to kind of doubt who is and is not a robot at all points in time. Um, so, yeah, it's like they've had to redesign everything. But also, what makes this super interesting is that in real life, the Westworld set burnt down in a tragic fire. Last year. What, the, like initial, the, the original or the... The, the original season? one. The original one's burnt down. It was a part of like a Warner Brothers or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. They had a, a, a f- fire happen. Yeah, they had a, a, a fire happen. But And what stands out in this trailer is there's actually a scene where you can see one of the characters, Bernard, walking through a burnt down Westworld set. So they've kind of written it into the show, which makes sense because at the end of last season, uh, when they escaped, they caused a whole lot of havoc. So they can kind of write that in. And like, if they have that character revisit the set, like the fire actually kind of works now, and it <laughs> especially kind of works out having the sets burned out, uh, burned down when you already have your main characters kind of escape the uh, the main setting. But yeah, so Maybe the last the two seasons, the fire was part of the show. It's all oh, it's meta storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Well, what did they do um, last time? They were going to reveal the entire plot of the season. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Um, we're going to have other parks this season, though. We do know we're going to have at least. One other park that you can see in the trailer, which I don't know like the official name for, unless it's like hidden somewhere on the website, because that's another thing. Westworld does this whole like go to the website and you can find like hidden teaser trailers and all sorts of shit. But it's but I'm gonna call it like Nazi Park uh-huh. at the moment until until something like it's in the trailer. You can see it's like 1940s, 50s, whatever uh, German. You can see people with swatch stickers and whatever else. So like, which I'm intrigued to see how they handle that 
in the show because in what sick fucking world are people like make a or a park that's set there so I can pretend to be a Nazi? Like that's some fucked up shit when you think about it. Like how do you <laughs> like how do you handle that? Like the the Westworld park which they've dived into in the show as is they've kind of delved into like the psyche of like what kind of person wants to come pretend to be a cowboy and like potentially rape and pillage and murder people like the show does a lot of like delving into like the human psyche of what makes you what what makes a person want to do that so i'm like who the fuck wants to go to nazi park? you have to be a kind of truly fucked up person surely um yeah so I, I i'm highly excited for the show the the key thing that we're getting this season is that uh evan rachel wood as dolores fully awakened is basically now going on a um take down the humans kind of like storyline that's what her storyline's been set up and of course that started off in season two but now she's outside the park so now she's like i just want to kill all the humans i guess i'm, I'm not really sure and she gets aaron paul's character to, to team up of course i'm happy to see aaron paul in this as a huge um breaking bad fan so seeing him in anything is always quite exciting and then also the other thing that stands out is tessa thompson's character is we don't know who the fuck she is in this season because spoilers for last season she was being played by her character in season two was a uh person who was working for the human group uh that like runs the the the, the whole place right the the parks and then her character gets killed like the human version gets killed and then they make a dolores <laughs> one of the other character makes a robot whatever version of her that looks exactly like her and then they even Rachel Wood's character fucking gets killed and they put her consciousness into <laughs> Tessa Thompson's character and then she sneaks out of the park like that and then when she's outside the park she remakes her original body which is Evan Rachel Wood uh, and then she puts her consciousness back into that and then on the trailer we see someone getting around as Tessa Thompson's character so who the fuck <laughs> is in Tessa Thompson's character I have no idea but that's great. I'm watching a trailer and I'm like, who the fuck is this character? Because you've had two different minds inside. You're no longer human because you're dead. Oh, no, this show's hard to keep up with. I mean, Westworld's great, but also it's like, look, it's you cannot right. snack while eating it because you need to you need to pay attention to <laughs> what's happening right here. But that's also what makes it great, you know? It's what, why enjoy it. Uh, one last thing I'll say on it is that there's theories running around that this could be potentially the last season like a secretive kind of like they're just going to finish it i mean i find that weird because hbo doesn't really want stuff to end obviously i feel like it could if it is i wouldn't be surprised um but also if it isn't i would only expect like one more season like i, I feel I, I, the show can't go for too, too long like it just doesn't have the, the levity to go forever so um if they if they do surprise end it with this season i'm going to be perfectly okay with it and then jonathan nolan in recent interviews has been talking about how this season's going to be less mind fuckery than the last two seasons and i'm like okay jonathan nice we'll, try. i'll fucking we'll, we'll see how i'll see how we'll much see my mind you. is fucked with. yeah <laughs> we'll see if i trust you later yeah yep but tune in explosion network.com bevan will watch West World. all right uh so we got one final confirmation that watchmen is not coming back for a season two uh, it was announced that Watchmen uh, will be entering for Best Limited Series in this year's Emmys, um, which I guess is a good move for HBO because it frees it up to not be competing against shows like 
Succession, Big Little Lies, and I guess Westworld. Um, yeah. It means they can win. It's the one they won last year with Chernobyl. Then they can win yeah. again with Watchmen this year. Yeah. So I guess we all saw it coming. Watchmen wasn't going to come back, but I guess this pretty much, even though there's a, there's a chance, even though they, the Big Little Lies was very much pushed as a limited series. It's first season, even though everybody apparently behind the scenes was pushing for a season two. Uh, and it was nominated mm-hmm. for best limited series. So, well, this le- means little, but the- because Lindelof is not involved and that kind of stuff, can't see them doing another. Yeah, season. I don't want to spoil the ending because, like, I still want people to go watch it, obviously. But the ending leaves a question, but in my opinion, a question that's not, I don't personally need answered in a second season. No. I'm fine with it being ambiguous. Um, Damon Lindelof apparently in all the stories I read was at a stage considering a second season like it seemed like he was umming and ahhing about it for like a little while there I think from pressure from HBO because they were like do it do it do it and he was like oh, I'll think about it and then obviously it sounds like now he's just been like no and no. that adds up because I listened to uh, like a couple uh, in December I think or January I can't remember now when everyone was on holidays actually I think I listened to all the episodes of the Watchmen after showy type thing, which is Craig Mazin talking with Damon Lindelof about the episodes. And in that, he just sounds like Craig Mazin asked him, like, is this going to be several seasons or like, what's the go? And this was like prior to the finale episode. I think this was on like episode four or five. And he's like, nah, like, it's a story. That's it. It's, it's, it's an idea that I had the story for. We worked it all out. And then when he gets asked by Craig, like, would you do a second one? And he says the same thing that I think he said in several interviews, which is if if the idea came to him and it seemed like a story that needed to be told, then possibly. But at the moment, no. Like, this is it. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Also, P.S., I started re-watching uh, it again. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw that you watched the first. Yeah. Like, did he accidentally do this instead of another episode? No. But no. Start watching it. No, I I, note, I, br- uh, I brought it and I started. Uh, <laughs> oh, you bought it on like <laughs> Google games. Play. It was the cheapest. It was like twenty four dollars to watch the thing because I was busting to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, uh, Nicole Castle won the DGA award for uh, the episode. It's somewhere and it's running out like ice, running out of ice. Which I can't remember which episode that was. That's the uh, first the writing episode. stuff. First episode. Okay, she won the DGA, the Director's Guild Award for that episode. And then the Writing Staff won the uh, Writer's Guild Award for Best New Series. There's a bunch of other nominations as well. So, Watchmen, the most importantly, the Explosion Networks, one of the Explosion Networks best shows of 2019. Uh, sure, will be talked about in when the Emmys come around in September. Uh, so, that's all and the news we'll be talking about. I was going to say, IMO, since I've just started rewatching the first episode... I honestly feel like one of the best limited run series of all time. I'm putting the of all time on it. Chucking the, I'm chucking it on. Of all time. Big words. All, all time is big words. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Just rewatching that first episode, I'm like, oh, this is a good show. This is TV. Oh, this is TV. So, do you, is there any hints? Did, did you like how oh, that makes yeah, sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm picking. I'm, I'm 100%. It's, it's a show that requires two watchings. I'm picking up on things already. Like that, I missed the first time. Red herrings and such. Yeah, it's good shit. Mm. Cool. Uh, so that's everything. Let's move into what do we end up watching, Dylan? What do we end up watching? Call me by your name. 
Muscles are firm. Not a straight body in these statues. They're all curved. Sometimes impossibly curved. And so nonchalant, hence their ageless ambiguity. As if they're daring you to desire them. Oh, to see without my eyes. The first time that you give. Is there anything you don't know? Boundless by the time I cry. You only knew how little I know about the things that matter. If your walls what things that matter? You know what things. You're saying what I think you're saying. You shouldn't have said anything. Just pretend you never did. Nature has cunning ways of finding our weakest spot. Yes, Call Me By Your Name, this 2017 film directed by Luca Guanda Nino, uh, starring Army Hammer, Timothy Chalamet, Michael Strel- Stolberg, Amir Caesar, Esther Garrel, and Victory Dubois. Uh, it's the summer of 1983, and a precocious 17-year-old Elio Perlman is spending his days with his family at the 17th century villa in Lombardy, Italy. He soon meets Oliver, a handsome doctoral student who's working as an intern for Elio's father. Amid the sun-drenched splendor of their surroundings, Elio and Oliver discover the heady beauty of awakening desire over the course of a summer that will alter their lives forever. Um, Dylan, you have the pick. Why'd you pick Call Me By Your Name? Um, because I never got to watch when it came out, and I've wanted to watch it ever since. That's the, that pulls up. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? It, it, obviously i believe it won best screenplay adapted screenplay from memory uh a lot of acting nominations uh yeah it was up for best picture best actor for timothy chalamet best adapted screenplay which was won by james ivory and best original song mystery of love by sophia stevens um yeah so what did you think of call me by your name i loved it i gave it a 10 Woof. Is that a hot take? I mean, don't people generally I, no, like the I don't movie? Think I it's, feel like, it's a Best Picture nominee, so I don't think it's a hot take. Yeah. But. I don't think that's a hot take. That's just, yeah. Um, I think it's a... I think it's a beautiful movie. I think it's quite funny. I loved all the characters. Um, shot well. Well acted. Um, and it also just stands out from... Like, I hate when you have to put, like, these, like... It's a LGBTQ plus movie. You know, like it has like a whole like subcategory thing. But like even looking at this in like that subcategory, I feel like this stands out because it does something that none of those others have done, in my opinion, which is that it actually, because usually it's like, oh, there's a gay character. gay. Like as much as I love Ga- uh, Carol, I love Carol, right? Uh, Kate Blanchett uh, and... Um, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara, thank you. Yes, I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. But that movie falls into a lot of uh, stereotypes for quote-unquote gay movies, right? This movie, I, f- I think, is it, it, it does um, bisexuality, which I've never seen done. So that kind of makes it very unique, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, stands out from the rest. And it doesn't... F- apart from... I don't know how much we're going to spoilers, but apart from one thing towards ending, which I would say falls into like the kind of stereotype for these types of movies i think the rest of it was quite unique and interesting 
and I loved all the characters' relationships, and I just thought it was a wonderfully charming movie, romantic movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, screenplay's great, direction's great, acting's great, music's great, shot well. I love the location, like where it's shot. It was obviously quite, um, I don't know, the official town. I can't remember whatever town they're in um, over in Italy, but quite uh, interesting, beautiful scenery we get. It's a be- beautiful place to shoot, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot as well. Uh, it did, I mean, it did make me uncomfortable at certain points. It's like, but it's more like awkwardness. Like, there's a scene in which he puts, uh, Ami Hikarima's, uh, swimming trunks over his head. I'm like, someone's going to walk in. That, that's how these movies <laughs> are set up. <laughs> like, I think some of that stuff is supposed to be... I mean, there's another thing involving a peach that's supposed to be purposely weird or comfortable, obviously, for a bit. Um, Yes, I think that's on purpose, though. But But yeah, uh, it's a really good film. Um, They're not wearing shirts a lot. That's the other thing that is increasingly obvious as the movie goes on. It's fucking Uh, hot. I think it is is hot, apparently, in Italy. It's summer. (laughs) Uh, I appreciated how subtle it was it wasn't like banging you over the head with they're totally into each other the entire time mm-hmm. like they're both kind of playing coy with each other which is a ditch kind of sad in the end that they were like that um because yeah. well, that, that becomes part of the story together. i guess you know yeah like- yeah and then he's also having this other relationship with marta his girlfriend um who he's, I guess he's kind of using to make Oliver jealous at the same time. No, um, that's what I'm saying. This kind of, I, I would say no on that. That's why, I, that's why I think this movie does something that um, others don't, which is that it, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't represent the bisexuality as like a, um, um, like one way or another. Like it, it's ov- to me watching it, very obvious that he's in love with Oliver. And he's also sexually attracted to Oliver. When it comes to her, what's her name? Mara, Mara, Mara? whatever it is. Marzia. Mara, Marzia, Marzia, Marzia. He's sexually attracted to her. However, he is not in love with her the way he's in love with Oliver. Yeah, he likes her. Like, and obviously, um, by the end of the movie, they're still friends, and it's very evident that sexually he's attracted to her. However, he is not in love with her, and he's not trying to use her to get with Oliver. He's, I think, like at the times when he, he's like, okay, Oliver's not going to work out. I guess I should just try and go for her or whatever. But it's not like in a revenge type thing. It's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. This movie does a bisexuality, which you don't usually see. Because usually it's usually, uh, um, that's why I found, um, the fuck is the queen movie? Like the, that's why I found that movie quite. Yeah, that's why I found behind me in Rhapsody is like, like where it kind of hinted that the uh, bisexuality and like hinted that like certain ways about stuff. I'm like, oh, this is I don't like this. This is yuck. And then most of the LBG uh, plus films are uh, usually just straight up gay characters. So th- this movie kind of stands out in a, in a certain sort of way. Yeah. But yeah, beautifully shot. Obviously, Italy looks very good. Um, obviously, set in the past a little bit. So there's obviously. Uh, 
They use uh, Love My Way by uh, Psychedelic Thirst a couple of times throughout It's the in the 80s. Uh, it's the 80s. So, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed those dance scenes. They were cool. They know how to dance. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't... <laughs> I... I and then they've got that really nice speech by his uh, dad, played by Michael Stiles, Stilberg, at the road at the end, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things that makes this, I think the family relationship is one of the reasons that really elevates this movie, because you're used to movies like this where the family relationship is like, oh, oh it turns out the guy, the son's gay and the family hates them, or, you know, some fucking stereotypical yeah. thing. And I'm not saying those stories aren't, warranted worth telling because they are yeah uh especially when they're set like period pieces or whatever like carol um they're obviously very representative of real life type things however when it comes to cinema and if the only stories we're getting told are those sort of ones they quickly become stereotypes which in my opinion they are because most of the time any sorts of uh, these movies it's like oh the parents hate the kid fucking everyone you know what i mean like it, it, I'm like, can we have like one like where the family's okay or something? You know, like fucking come on. Um, and the dad in this is fantastic. The mum in this is fantastic. I love the whole family dynamic, the family relationship. Uh, the dad's speech to his uh, speech probably isn't right. The conversation with his um, son towards the end of the movie is uh, yeah really quite good. Um, really, really enjoyed that. And then I guess the only other thing that's worth bringing up, although I didn't have any problems with it because I like it's one of those things where it's like it's different culture or whatever but the age thing which I guess is the thing where some people would struggle yeah know? that's yeah that obviously because it's said in Italy, I guess it, it's legal 16, there 2017 yeah what no he's 17 is he no he said I'm about to I'm pretty sure he says he's about to send 17 I don't think he ever has his birthday in the film Name, but age. Wikipedia just says he's 17, so maybe they're just pumping it up to make it less. Uh, I, I typed, call me yeah, by your name, I mean, age, and it says 17. Elio's 17 okay. and Oliver's 24. Yeah, okay. And although that's but my yeah, one complaint the, for the movie. That's This is my one complaint. Oliver's 24. He looks 28. It <laughs> 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 looks way older. Like Army Hammer sorry, does Army not Hammer, look You can't pull sorry. off twenty four. Yeah, no, he can't. No matter how I'm much sorry, you he, have he cannot pull off twenty four. Yeah, he cannot. He can't get it. Uh, but yeah, no, the age thing didn't particular. I think the other thing that makes the age thing fine in this movie is that, um, like, there's nothing predatory that happens. Like, no, uh, Oliver isn't. There's there's never a scene of like Oliver coercing Elio. No, Elio. In fact, Elio's. Yes. Elio's the one that pushes first. In the first scene, I mean, we see anything happen. It's actually Elio, yeah. so... He kind of coughs off as, like, a little puppy. <laughs> like, <laughs> at certain points. Yeah. Like, so spitting and that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, I will say, I didn't understand the call by your name. I'll call you by yours thing. Like, okay. That seems like a random thing to introduce in the film, but... Because it was hot. It, I don't know. I don't know. It did, like, have any meaning other than, I guess... Well, by the time you get to the end of the movie, the it end. does. At the end of the movie, it does, yeah. but why'd you bring it up at all? <laughs> I think it was just a sex thing. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then I will just say, I just really appreciated that last shot. The credits thing? 
the credits shot yeah i watched all of it until the movie uh, watching it and it just like uh it, it turned off i was like fuck i just watched all the credits because i was like sitting here fucking crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean props to timothy chalamet i mean no, yeah, just he sat there crying. He <laughs> sat there crying for a long time, you know. And uh, they had to time that out, I guess. <laughs> like how long the credits were going to take. Yeah, yeah, and to, yeah, because the the um, not his mum, but the, the Kara or whatever, isn't yeah. it? Housekeepers, the, yeah. Then, which also ties into the thing, I guess, because she's like Elio. Credit, and that's it. Then cuts yeah. black. Credits are over. Movie's over. Comes up. It's like French fucking whatever. ItalianMovies.com. Um, if we're gonna go into if we're gonna go into spoilers, I, I do want to bring up because when I looked it up, I was like, "Oh, they're making a sequel." I mean, yeah, sequels apparently uh, been discussed. I guess. Um, well, there's a book sequel as well, so yeah. I guess they would use. Some it's based of that. on a book sequel, a uh, book yeah. series. So yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. In October 2017, he said he hoped to make a sequel in 2020 that might be in the style of uh, Antoine Donnell series, telling the story of Elio and Elio as they age. If they pair the age of Elio in the film with the age of Tim- Timothy, in three years' time, Timothy would be 25, as would Elio by the time the second story was set. Uh, in the novel, Elio and Oliver reunite 15, later, 15 years later when Oliver is married. Mm. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting. Like, is a weird uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset like, series. <laughs> Two. Just yeah, well, they in. worked. Yeah, they worked very well. Uh, <laughs> People kept I watching mean, those every 10 years. I wouldn't be against it, but I'd, uh, I don't know where along the timeline. And I feel like Timothy Chalamet is going to get very busy in the next couple of years. <laughs> Possibly, um, I it, my it's one of those things where it's like if you told me that I was making a sequel to this, I'd be like, why? That's stupid. But also, I feel like like there is potential there if you get it right for an interesting story. And the only reason I trust it is because it's not a Hollywood movie, you know. Like I feel like if this was a Hollywood movie, or it was like being a Hollywood <laughs> or American movie, I would not trust them. However, I have more trust because it's not. To make the potential sequel and make it interesting and tell interesting storylines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I've. Maybe it's best just to leave it and then, like, you know, not ruin it. <laughs> eh. I don't know. You just forget about sequels sometimes, you know? Yeah. Pretend they not, don't exist. Not everything has to be sequelized. Anything else you want to talk about? You, do you feel like eating peaches after this film? No, I'm not a big peaches fan anyway. That's fine. Yeah. Also, pe- peaches remind me a lot of Parasite these days. So it's weird. That too. Um, yeah, I added the book to my Goodreads wish list because I think uh, I enjoyed it so much that I'd, I would be keen to go and read the source material. So that's it. That's usually, you know, if I if I watch a movie that's based on a book and then I'm like, I want to read the book. That means I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> that's, I enjoyed it enough that I'll happily go read the, the original thing. <laughs> so yeah. it's good. No, I, I mean, I loved it. I think it's, I, I, I think it's a beautiful, wonderful movie. I mean, I, I don't know. Fucking Nick's over here on track, giving it two out of 10 to the point that he skips this fucking episode. Cause he doesn't want to hear me call him a fucking idiot, but that's, that's fine. That's fine. Stay tuned to what do you want to watch? To see. <laughs> Who gives this two out of 10? 
Two. There's a word. Two. I, I, I could use in jest, but I'll choose not to. You know what I've got? I, you know what I've give, given like two to? Like, Scary Movie 6, fucking Meet the Spartans or some shit. Mm. You know, like, they're like twos out of, ones and twos out of ten. Like, they're bad. I can see this film not being for everybody. It is kind of slow and meandering and, you know, very... Fucking five, six, two. <laughs> Fuck out of here. All right. Uh, that brings to the end of this episode of What Do You Want to Watch? If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can go to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. You'll find us all there. You can find me, Dylan, Nick. You can find, you can tweet at Nick. See if he'll respond uh, with his... Please do. Call me by your name. Uh, Please do. <laughs> if you get anything you want us to talk about on the show, you can send us an email at mail at explosionnetwork.com. Uh, you can go to explosionnetwork.com to find all our news, reviews, podcasts, everything. It's all there, uh, including my review of I'm Not Okay with this, which I wasn't. Um, and of course, if you want to help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or on Twitter or just say nice things to people around you. Just write something nice on like a peach, preferably intact, untainted, other than what you've written, and give it to your mum about the podcast. Wow. All right. Until next time. Keep watching stuff, I guess.